Hello and welcome to level 41 of Three Actual Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host Tom Knight and we're back in action. I hope you didn't miss me too much last week. It's okay, I'm here now, ready to talk about video games, ready to test your brain with some fresh trivia. So I hope you're ready. Let's get on with the show! You may or may not know that a game recently released on PlayStation 4 called Dreams came out on February 14th, 2020. I love it. And developed by Media Molecule, who may have heard from, from such games they developed as Little Big Planet and Tearaway. Now this game was revealed back in 2013 and officially announced in 2015. So it's been a long road for this game to finally get released. But that is no wonder, because what this game is achieving right now, what it's brought to the table, is something unlike anything I have seen before. Now I don't actually own this game yet, planning to pick it up, but I've been watching a lot of it on Twitch. I've been watching people go in and create stuff, I've been watching people play people's creative creations, and that is basically, in a nutshell, what this game allows you to do. Players can create user-generated content in the form of games, assets, 3D sculptures, music, art, that can be shared, that can be remixed with other people's creations and put out there into the online space of dreams. So incredibly in this game, whatever you can dream of, it, it can come to life. The campaign mode in this game, which was created by Media Molecule, acts as a tutorial for what potentially can be created in this game because the tutorial itself was built in the engine of the game that you can actually use to create your own creations within Dreams. So the tutorial or the campaign known as Arch Dream, it follows the story of a musician down on his luck and it takes you through various gameplay aspects from platformer gaming, puzzles, point and click adventure. It really showcases what Dreams can do. And after you've done that, and of course, you don't even have to do that. The world of dreams is yours to explore however you choose, but it's broken down into four main modes, which is dream surfing, dream shaping, home space editor, and community jam. Now in dream surfing, this is where you can go and visit other people's creations, if it's artistic music or a fully fledged game, which yes, people are creating those already. This game has been out in beta for a while, so there is quite a few creations already existing. And that can be pretty much anything you can think of right now. I've seen somebody recreate the home area in Super Mario 64. I've seen someone recreate the first level in Metal Gear Solid 1. I've seen variations of Sonic. I've seen variations of Kirby. I've seen variations of Stardew Valley. Literally anything you can think of, somebody has probably created something based on that. But there's also unique creations which people are working on, their own work, their own games that they're taking the time and energy to put countless hours into and then publish them on the dream surfing mode for other players to then participate in. And it kind of works a bit like a social media platform that you can upvote creations, you can leave comments, you can leave feedback, and it really does seem like an incredible space for players who do have that creative side to make these creations for people to play 
uh, which you can do in the dream shaping mode, which also has a tutorial which guides you through the various mechanics of how you get started creating creations within dreams. And it, it, it does look like it will take a while to master, but I think it's incredible to have a game like this where potentially there's a lot of younger players getting involved with game development. And this could be a really great place for the likes of those people to start off. And even people a few years older, I mean, I know like myself that to even imagine starting creating a video game, I wouldn't know where to start, but being able to do that in a game like Dreams and that being way more accessible than just starting from scratch, it's a really exciting prospect. And I know when I do pick up this game eventually, I'm gonna be exploring all aspects of the Dream, including checking out people's creations and also trying to create something from myself. I won't go too much into the home space editor, which is just a central hub for players and you can manipulate and personalize that home space with pre-made objects. But one of the other cool things about this game is Community Jam, which is themed contests where you can create content based on that theme that the developers put forward and people vote on their favorites. There's winners and runners up you get badges on your creations, and this theme is changing every few weeks. So there's always some fresh idea being put forward to inspire people to make creations by the developers. So I have to say that I feel like it hasn't really had much of a spotlight on it as it's come out. I know now that it is out, people are starting to take a look and go, whoa, what is this? And I really didn't feel like it was marketed too heavy and it, now it's here and it's released. And I think that it's going to be a game changer in the way that it's doing so much. It's giving people the opportunity to create video games by just putting this disc into their PlayStation 4 and potentially this could be coming out for other platforms. We may see it on PC down the line as well as that gap between Sony and PC starts to close in and we become a more a unified video game society where platforms are starting to matter less and less as we move forward. But yeah, if you have a PlayStation 4 and you have that creativeness inside you that you wanna unleash, perhaps Dreams is for you. And if not, I think you will find yourself having many, many hours of enjoyment, even just surfing through the game to seeing what everyone else has created so far, because it's not just basic games people are creating. There is people out there working on fully fledged games that you're going to be able to invest several hours into playing, which is just mind-blowing. I mean, you have to see it to believe it, to see what everyone's creating and the type of things that people are coming up with because there just seems to be no limit and really fits the name Dreams well because whatever you can think of in your head can make that happen. And I'm really excited to see this game grow. I'm super excited to see more creations get added and it really does look like dreams can come true. It's trivia time. So I was talking about dreams for the PlayStation 4 there. So that made me think of a certain console by Sega. In what year did the Sega Dreamcast first launch? Was it 1997, 1998 or 1999? The answer is 1998. Threw you off there a little because that's when it first launched in Japan. It didn't launch in North America 
or Europe until 1999. But if you said 1998, give yourself an extra life. Continuing the theme of gaming platform unification somewhat, CD Projekt Red recently announced that The Witcher 3, which has been a massive hit on the Nintendo Switch and has seen its resurgence in sales, which we talked about back in level 36, it's getting a PC cross-save feature. So that means if you're playing on your PC and you own it on Nintendo Switch as well and you, you know, heading off out into the world, maybe you're going traveling and you can't pack up your PC and you just want that on-the-go convenience, then this is a massive step into potentially what the future of gaming is going to look like because imagine a world where you have a game on Steam and you also have a copy of that on your Nintendo Switch as well. And I mean, I'm not getting into the fact that they have to buy two copies of the game to utilize this feature. And maybe that is something as well that as we do move forward, that buying a copy, for example, on PC may give you a copy on Nintendo Switch. That's not happening just yet, but we are getting to the point where having that cross-save functionality is becoming a real thing. And with The Witcher 3, if you're playing that on PC and that syncs up to the cloud, you can continue where you're left off on your Nintendo Switch, head out into the real world. And I'm just really excited about this feature as well because I'll be honest, I do most of my gaming when I'm at home on my PC. I just prefer it. I, I prefer running everything on high as possible and having that best performance available. And to be able to know that I have my Switch there, that if I'm playing a game on PC and then suddenly it's continuing my save when I go traveling on my Switch, I don't have to worry about maybe taking my laptop or something like that. You know, it's, it's a really nice feeling to know that your progress can be carried on. And speaking about the aspect of having to potentially buy the game twice, you know what, if it's a good enough indie title, for example, I really don't mind making that purchase twice. I've bought indie games twice and I feel like some are just worth buying twice on multiple platforms. It's just the way it is. And like I said, as we move forward, that may be a thing that changes in the future. We're already seeing it actually in a way with CD Projekt Red again, as they've been talking about the upcoming release of Cyberpunk 2077 this year that anyone who purchases the game on PlayStation 4 or Xbox, for example, if they decide to upgrade to the next generation of consoles, they'll automatically get a copy of that game for free to continue their journey where they left off. So I think, again, it's just more exciting news for gamers. The technology's advancing. The barriers between platforms are slowly but surely coming down and we are moving towards a more inclusive gaming world. It's trivia time. So we were talking about cloud saving. So that made me think of this question. Cloud Strife is a fictional character and the main protagonist of which 1997 role-playing video game? answer, of course, is Final Fantasy VII. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life.
I was stumbling through the Steam store as I do on a regular basis, just looking what's out there, coming across awesome free-to-play games, seeing what's upcoming in the indie scene, and sometimes you just fall upon a game that has been out for a while, you've never heard of it, you download it, and you're like, whoa, Like, where did this game even come from? Now this happened to me a few weeks ago when I found a game called Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle. Now, as you have probably guessed already, it's based around the horror icon Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, but there's a almost a comedic twist on this game that it's in a animated style. The characters have like large eyes, large heads. It's almost South Parkish the way this game comes across at times. And while I also have to say that I'm probably not a big fan of the Friday the 13th movies, I I definitely haven't watched them all, but I really appreciated what this game was offering because it's a free-to-play game. There are some additional puzzle packs towards the end of the game, but there's over a hundred puzzle levels in this game, and you go through various locations from Crystal Lake to High Rises of Manhattan, Supermax prisons, even space stations. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Friday the 13th movie that's from, but you'll have to let me know if that's actually a thing. And this game works on a grid basis that as you move Jason around this grid, you don't move him one grid at a time, you move him until he comes to a stop. So maybe you move him from his starting position, maybe he reaches a fence. But then there's obstacles in these puzzles from campfires to holes that you have to avoid. And you're trying to make your way to your victim to, you know, do what Jason does best. And you also have a final victim, which you're shown where that final victim will spawn. And it's your objective to go from victim to victim to the final victim and then perform a final kill, which is just a timed based button push, but you don't always get it. And this game is really simple, but it's also portraying a horror genre that is quite gory in the movie scene. And while this game is covering that sort of thing. It's not that kind of gore fest that you would maybe expect from a Friday the 13th game. And to be honest, the puzzles do ramp up in a satisfying difficulty. And I was just totally surprised by this game. Like I said, I stumbled across it. I'd never heard of it. And it's a really satisfying play. And it also turns out that this game's also running on Nintendo Switch. It's on Android and it's on iOS. I can definitely see how it would work even better on a touch-based system. And it's not about its somewhat disturbing moments as you go through these puzzles. You've got Jason's mom, who's just a head, giving you uh, little pep talks as you go through the levels. You can unlock various cosmetic weapons and costumes for Jason. There's also a daily challenge that you can go in and take part in. And there's a few other modes around there as well, just to change up what you're doing. It's not all just playing through a story mode, saying that with quotation marks, because there's not too much story there. It's, it is primarily just a puzzle game. I definitely think if you've had any interest in Friday the 13th, if you're a fan of that genre, you are going to get a massive kick out of playing this game. As someone that's not into Friday the 13th, I definitely appreciate what's being done here. And it's a really satisfying little puzzle game. I might have to check it out on the Switch or mobile, actually, because I think Again, that's where it's probably shining because of the controls. But if you are playing on Steam, prepare to get a lot of achievements. 
there is quite a few to collect in this game so go take a look at that one there's actually a Friday the 13th coming up next month in March 2020 so you know if you totally want to embrace that you could download it and play it then that is Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle by Blue Wizard Digital. It's trivia time. So we were talking about Friday the 13th. That made me think about horror. And horror made me think about Resident Evil. In Resident Evil, what is the name of the fictional Midwestern town which also shares its name with a North American native mammal? answer is Raccoon City. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And that's it for this level of free actualize. How did you do on the trivia this week? You can let me know over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Free Extra Lives. Always love to hear how you're doing on the trivia. I've got a feeling there might be a few of you who got three lives this week. Just a hunch. As always, you can Email the show at podcast at threeactualives.com. If you've got any feedback, got any suggestions, if you just want to say hey, you can do that over at podcast at threeactualives.com. And as always, you can find everything I've mentioned on this level of Three Extra Lives over at threeactualives.com. You'll find the show notes there with links to everything I've mentioned so you don't have to go searching. And that is it, my friends. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I will see you all in level 42. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.